0: Hey, good morning, Online Church. Welcome. I'm so glad you're with us at church. Whether you're at home, wherever you may be, I am honored to be here with you. And I want to know, are you ready for Shark Week? We kick off a brand new series today, Shark Week. It's W-E-A-K, Shark Week. I have always loved the Discovery Channel, every year when they show the series Shark Week. I don't know if you watch it, but I watch it. I'm fascinated by the sharks. I think they're huge. They're massive. They're beautiful. They're fast. They look like they're full of muscle. They're always hungry. They have big teeth. They're, they're a little scary. They're fascinating. I love Shark Week. Today we're going to kick off this series called Shark Week. My sermon tiled, title today is called Swimming with the Sharks. Swimming with the Sharks. Have you ever been swimming with the Sharks? I have not, and I have a confession to make today online for you to hear. My confession is this, and I'm really scared of sharks. I really am. They, they, I'm just half terrified by sharks, as a matter of fact, I am fearful enough that I really don't enjoy playing in the ocean and there's no way I'm going to go surfing. I just cannot imagine hanging my feet over a surfboard and dangling them in the ocean like bait. So I'm, I'm a little afraid of the sharks. And um, so, yeah, that's my confession today. Um, and honestly, though, that doesn't hinder my life too much. I enjoy the ocean, I just like it when I'm standing on the beach or I'm on a boat. And so today what I want to do is to talk about fear, overcoming fear. The the fear for me is sharks. I'm afraid of sharks, but there are some other things in life that are way more significant and actually way more important that impact my life and impact your life as well. And so today we're gonna swim with the sharks. We're gonna face those fears. I have a challenge for you today. And my challenge is this. Would you place your faith over your fears? That's a challenge for you, it's a challenge for me, but we wanna place our faith over our fears today. Where does fear come from? Now, as believers and as Christians, We typically will attribute all fear to come from the enemy. Now, that's not a bad idea, and there's plenty of truth to that. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. So the Bible identifies fear as a spirit. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Now, the word when you look at the, the word spirit, I'm sorry, yeah, the word spirit of fear, spirit comes from a Greek word that is that is defined as pneuma. Pneuma, which is described in the Bible to be either the Holy Spirit or an evil spirit. And so it's okay to, to attribute fear from the enemy because it's a spiritual aspect of life. It is spiritual. Now, the reason I'm here today in this topic is because I believe that COVID-19 and masking and and shutdowns has opened a door for the spirit of fear to enter and dominate our thoughts. And so today I want to help us to, to overcome those fears, to place faith over fear. And so I'm excited about this because I do believe this is one of the ways that we can We can move forward in so many aspects of our life, and so we want to place our faith over our fear. Now, fear is spiritual, but I also want to take a a unique look at, at fear and another perspective of where it comes from. And so recently I did a little study on our brains and and I found out that God has placed inside of our brain a little place called the amygdala, amygdala. And it's located on the back of your brain just around the stem of your spine that comes up. Now the amygdala serves a really good purpose in your life and God put it there as a, as a uh, survival instinct and it's there to protect you from harmful situations in life and so from the amygdala is where fear is created you experience fear in that amygdala and then it sends signals into your brain let me give you an example of how this might work so let's say you were in a crowd at a baseball game And you were sitting there, and the batter took a swing, and and he lost the grip of his bat, and it's hurling through the air, coming straight at your face. Well, what happens is, is your eyes see it, sends a message to the amygdala, the amygdala goes, ha, oh, this is a bad situation and it creates a moment of fear and sends a signal to the brain and the brain sends a signal to your body to duck and it protects you from this bat coming at your head. You duck. Hopefully the person sitting behind you has a very active amygdala as well. If not, they're going to get hit with the bat when you duck. So listen, the amygdala serves a good purpose. But the problem with the amygdala is that it doesn't differentiate between the hurtful fears and the helpful fears. Because we have some of both that are coming at us at all times. Now, the amygdala serves as a great purpose in the right situations. But it doesn't differentiate between those moments when we need to overcome the fear and it just sends the same signals to our brain and to our body that we need to avoid. We need to duck. We need to protect ourselves in some way. It triggers fear inside of you for situations that maybe are just uncomfortable. Maybe they're just situations that are stretching us or out of our comfort zones. Or maybe they're learning situations or just difficult situations. The amygdala doesn't differentiate between these things from from serious crises to, to situations that are just difficult. The amygdala creates fear and always sends the same signal. It sends this signal to avoid It sends a signal to duck, to get out of the way of a situation. Now, its purpose is to protect you from anything that would appear to be harmful. The problem is, is the amygdala tells you to avoid some things or to prevent some things that are really good for you to attempt to do. Let me give you some examples, and I'll start with my life. I'll just start with some things And, you know, I'm just kind of unpacking my, you know, problems in my life. So you have your own, but I'll just share mine when it comes to some fears in my life. And for me, one of the things that is a part of my life is I'm a little bit of a people pleaser. So what that means is then I am afraid that someone won't like me or they'll disapprove of me if I cause some sort of a conflict with someone. And so my, my um, fear causes a response for me to avoid difficult conversations. Well, that really can be harmful in my life if I need to have a good, hard conversation. Sometimes difficult conversations bring healthy change in our life. Because I have this little bit of a fear of, of that conflict, I'm a little bit of a people pleaser, then I avoid those things and that can be harmful. See, my amygdala... He looks at that situation and says, hey, Tim, this is going to be uncomfortable for you. This is going to be difficult for you. And so it sends that signal to my brain to duck it, to to avoid that. And so what happens is is it causes me to avoid some things that would be helpful in my life. Another area of my my weakness, and I'm just dumping the truck out about me, Uh, hopefully you can identify your own, but I'm also a little bit of a self-doubter. So what that means is there are times that I feel incapable or inadequate or maybe like I'm not good enough or as good as someone else or another pastor. So often then I start comparing myself to other pastors and feeling less than maybe what I should feel about myself. And what this does is it hurts me in many ways because I lose my confidence. I lose my confidence when I sit down to to write a message because I'm a self-doubter at times. And I think, well, I'm not sure like in my mind, and it's really at an unconscious level. I don't even like go through this in my thought process, but what's happening inside of me is I feel like I'm I'm not capable of writing a message or communicating the message in a way that's really gonna connect and help people. And so I, I find myself a little bit avoiding the thing that I really need to do because I I doubt myself, it's unconscious. But what happens is, is my amygdala triggers inside of me. Hey, this is going to be difficult. This is going to be uncomfortable and you may not do it very well. So Tim, you should avoid this at all costs. Well, listen, as a pastor, that's not a great thing to avoid. And so it just, it messes with me in that regard. And so for me, what happens is, is instead of writing my sermon, I will find lesser things to involve myself in that I feel confident So when I'm supposed to be writing a message, sometimes I find myself wanting to go mow the yard or to go to lunch with my friends or do something simple because what happens is that amygdala is saying, go do something that's in your comfort zone. You see, that holds me back from doing something that I need to do. I heard a story about a, a young boy who said that the reason he chose to play in the right field of a baseball team was because he was afraid that he would miss a grounder as an infielder. And he said that he chose that right field because it was the position on the field that received the fewest hits. And he was afraid of messing up. He was afraid of failing. He was afraid of disappointing his friends if he missed a grounder. But he also said it had always been his dream to be a second baseman. But he chose to go out in the outfield because it was safe. Fear prevented him from living out a little portion of his dream. Let me ask you what are you afraid of in your life? You may be afraid to confront a challenging situation in your marriage. You may be afraid to apply for a new job because you might be rejected. You might be afraid to go to a party or to some event because you're afraid that no one will talk to you. Maybe you're afraid to even sign up in our church on the serve team because maybe you're shy. Maybe you're Um, afraid you won't do a good job and you'll disappoint someone. You see, these unhealthy fears keep you away from the things that would really be good for your life. Fear. There are many people today that that are really struggling with fear. COVID-19 has been such a, a difficult season in so many ways that in some capacities, people have begun to kind of shut down their life and have become a little bit dominated by fear. They've allowed that spirit of fear to come into their life. And so obviously some fear is helpful when it comes to COVID-19. You know, if you are a little older and you have maybe a compromised health system, then, then you need to recognize that your amygdala is probably telling you to protect yourself. And that's a good thing. So I'm not knocking on that at all. You need to take care of yourself. You need to be safe. I'm all for that. But on the other hand, If you are just, I'm just throwing this out there. This is just something I I just feel a little compelled to say. But if you are someone that is going to work and you're going to Walmart and you're going to the grocery store and you're going to the gas station, but you're afraid to go to church, then you probably need to have a little conversation with your amygdala. It's telling you to be fearful of something that would really help you in your life. And so I'm inviting you back to church. I'm inviting you to come back if it is the right situation for you. Don't let fear dominate your thoughts. Make a decision based out of faith and out of a sound mind and determine what is best for your life. Don't let fear control that. So listen, to clarify, I'm not saying to run around Walmart with your mask off and to cause problems all over the business. Don't go hug everybody you see. I'm not, that's not the, the kind of faith that I'm talking about. I'm talking about, though, being deliberate about recognizing if fear is dominating, if fear is running your life, and if it is, then place faith over it and then make good decisions for your life. All right, so listen, we've talked a lot about the amygdala I want to take us to the Word of God for a few minutes, and I want God's Word to teach us how we place our faith over our fear. So we're going to go to the book of Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, and what we're going to find in this story is that Jesus had been teaching all day long. He had been standing on a boat, and finally by sundown he was exhausted, and he was ready to depart and go to the other side of the lake. And so as He and his disciples were crossing a lake, the um, the Galilean Sea. The the huge storm comes upon them. And the disciples, they became extremely fearful that they were going to die. Their amygdala was kicking in in full panic mode, telling them, you know, to operate out of fear. So then at the end of the story that we're going to read, Jesus teaches them to put their faith over their fear. So Mark chapter 4, 35 says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Now notice this, that Jesus makes this statement that they're going to cross to the other side of the lake before they encounter the storm. Listen, Jesus wants to give you a word. He wants to give you a promise before you get into the storms of life. And he informs them that they're going to get through whatever comes up. I believe Jesus planted inside of them a word for faith, a word of confidence that they would get through whatever came up in their life. So Mark chapter 4, 36 and 37 says then, it says, so they took Jesus and they put him in the boat and they started out. They were leaving the crowds behind, although some other boats chose to follow them. Verse 37 says, but soon a fierce storm came up, high waves breaking into the boat, and the boat began to fill up with water. Now, this was a serious moment on the lake. Now, you have to recognize that these disciples, they were very experienced fishermen, and they knew all about this lake, and they knew all about these storms, and so this, this, the Sea of Galilee is just a unique place where it has some mountains that, that go up on one side of the lake, and, and it can create a kind of a circular wind pattern that is potentially very dangerous. Now, the Greek word for the word storm is lilaps, and it means a fierce wind at hurricane-type gusts. And so just to be fair to our disciples, when they were freaking out... This was a massive storm that had kicked up. Their fear had, in my opinion, some justification. If I'm in a little boat and hurricane-type winds are kicking up, listen, they weren't in a big boat. Like this was a just, they were rowing like a rowboat. And hurricane winds are kicking up and, and the waves are kicking up and water's crashing into the boat like I think I would give them a little bit of grace on that. Maybe they should be a little afraid, but this is where I want to recognize something in your life and in my life, because probably you have a storm that's causing fear in your life. And it's real. Every one of us have different storms that are creating fear in our life. We're all swimming with sharks in some fashion. Some fears come from ginormous issues. The disciples had a real storm on their hands. You may have a real storm on your hands. You may be actually going through some kind of sickness or cancer. You may be in some situation where your business is struggling, and and there are real storms, and I'm not diminishing the fact that there could be an actual real storm in your life, and and, and my sympathy is with you. But I also wanna recognize this, that, that sometimes the enemy will exaggerate the smaller storms in your life to make you think they're way bigger than they really are. The enemy wants to to exaggerate the outcomes so that you'll make terrible decisions and live out of fear in your life. So, in verse 38, we find that in the middle of the storm, what's Jesus doing? It says that Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. That's so great. He's sleeping in the middle of a storm. Now, I'm pretty sure Jesus knew a storm was coming. I think back in that day, he must have had his own, you know, Jesus weather app. He knew there was a storm coming. Like, he wasn't surprised at what was happening. But even in the knowing that a storm was coming, he went and found himself a cushion, a little pillow and laid down in the boat to take a nap. He was tired, and he wasn't afraid. Jesus, he was at perfect peace and rest in the middle of a storm. But his disciples, in contrast, were afraid for their life. I believe the story gives us an illustration to see that regardless of the size of the storm, it does not have to produce fear in your life. Jesus is demonstrating how to have rest and peace in a storm. But our disciples, bless their hearts, I get it, they were not at peace. The Bible says in Luke, I'm sorry, in Mark 4.38b, the second part of that verse, it says the disciples, they woke him up and they were shouting. They were shouting. They were saying, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? They were shouting, I, I get it. Disciples were were taken over by fear and they were shouting. I want to take a minute and, and look at some of the unhealthy patterns that come out of fear. When fear has begun to take over and dominate us, we tend to operate in ways that the disciples were operating in. And I just want to point these four things out for just a moment because, because unhealthy fear can cause us to, to respond and to avoid and and to try to protect ourselves when it's actually hurting us. And so the first thing I want you to recognize is that fear causes us to forget God's promises. It causes us to forget God's promises. So Jesus had spoke to his disciples at the very beginning of the trip. And if you remember what he said, he said to them, we're going to get to the other side. He said, we're going to get through this. He already laid the foundation for that. He put that into their hearts early on. But now in their fear, they have forgotten all about what Jesus said. Fear does that. Fear causes people to believe in the problems of the storm rather than the promises of God. That happens to all of us. We get in the middle of a storm, and, and instead of looking to God and trusting Him, we look at the storms and we, we feel the pressure of the, uh, and the problems that come with the storm. I think it's interesting that fear and faith actually have a very similar definition. They're very similar. Faith, listen to this, is believing in something unseen. Fear is also believing in something unseen. One is for your benefit, and one is for your pain. The disciples, they were in fear, believing that something bad was going to happen from the storm. They believed the fear. Jesus, on the other hand, he was in faith, and he was believing that they were going to get through the storm. And so for you and I, church, we we have to place our faith over our fear and trust God's promises and his faithfulness and really his His absolute love for you right in the middle of the storms. And so we place our faith over our fear. The second thing to notice from this part of the story is that fear causes us to lose control of our emotions. So the disciples, they were shouting at Jesus. They'd lost it. The the emotion had taken them over. Fear always fuels negative emotions in our life. Emotions like anxiety and depression and discouragement and doubts and anger and worrying. That's what comes from that. That's the fruit of the fear. And if you're experiencing any of these kind of emotions, then you can connect this back to fear if you are dealing with anxiety if you are laying in bed and and you can't sleep because you're stressed well then you can you can kind of go backwards in that and determine that that is coming from fear it's a spirit of fear that is beginning to dominate your life and listen when you recognize that you have a fear then you can consciously begin to place your faith over the fear and begin to gain control over your emotions again and so we have to place our faith over our fear the third thing i want to share with you is that fear causes us to doubt god to doubt god the disciples they said to jesus they said don't you care that we're going to drown like they were shouting and they said don't you care that we're going to drown they they were they were in a place where they were doubting God. Well, let me ask you, if you're like me, I know how you'd answer this question, but have you ever thought that God wasn't hearing or answering your prayers during a storm? Absolutely, of course. That's, that's a normal response to fear. Fear is always the enemy of faith and, and doubt is always the opposite of faith. And so what happens is, is, is the fear always comes at us the enemy loves to to you know cause us to be afraid in a situation because that fear creates a doubt it causes us to to find a separation from our our place our walk with God because once you start doubting God you stop going to God and we need to place our faith in God so that we can go to God. Today I'm here to help you recognize the fear in your life so that you can place your faith over the fear. So instead of doubting God, I want to encourage you to to keep praying, to keep trusting God, to keep worshiping, to keep reading your Bible. Stay close to God even when you don't feel God. And that's something that we all need to recognize that we're not always going to feel God in the middle of a storm. But that doesn't mean that he's not there. That doesn't mean that he's ignoring you. That doesn't mean that God has abandoned you. I want you to know that God is not far from you and he is not ignoring you and he is hearing your prayers. So draw close to God. Place your faith in God over the fear and don't let doubt creep in. And the fourth thing I want to share with you from this part of the story is that fear diminishes your spiritual authority. Fear diminishes your spiritual authority. Faith is our spiritual currency for miracles and answer prayers. Faith is. Faith is what, is what activates God to move on a particular situation. That's why the Bible says in Matthew 17, 20, it says, if you have faith, even the size of a mustard seed, so just small faith, if you have just a little bit of faith, then the Bible says that you can say to a mountain, move from here to there. In other words, faith is the currency. It it activates God to move in a supernatural way. It is the thing that, that we have to have for an effective prayer life, for God to move in our life. We must have faith. Faith is your spiritual authority over the enemy and over the storms of life. We need faith. Fear, though, robs us of that authority. Fear is, is trying to strip you of the authority and the confidence that you can have in God. It hinders your prayer life. Fear will always hinder your prayer life. Therefore, the disciples they didn't have the prayer, I'm sorry, they didn't have the power or the authority to pray against the storm. They were without. Any way of dealing with this this crisis in their life because they were taken over by fear so moving on now in verse 39 I want you to look at what Jesus did he said when Jesus woke up it says that he rebuked the wind and then he said to the waves he said two things he said silence and be still and suddenly The wind stopped and there was a great calm. I think Jesus said something kind of unusual to the waves into the storm. Now, he said, be still. That makes sense. He calmed the storm, but he also said to the storm, he said, silence, silence. Why would you tell a storm to be quiet? Why would you tell the storm to silence itself? Well, I looked up the Greek word for silence, and it means to muzzle a voice. It means to muzzle, to, to, to cause the voice to be muzzled, to, to quieten the voice. In other words, Jesus recognized that the storm had a voice, and it was speaking to the disciples. In a storm, the enemy uses fear to speak to us. Here's what fear will say. Fear will say these things. They've said it to me. They'll say it to you. But fear will say things like, you will not get through this. Some of you right now are in tough situations. And the enemy is a voice that's coming out of the fear of that. And it's saying you're not going to get through this. That it's going to get worse. And he's just, he's piling on the doubts and the fears and, and all the negativity from it. That's the voice of fear speaking. Fear says, don't apply for that job because they're going to turn you down. And so you're you're afraid to even move out because the voice is speaking to you. The voice of fear would say something like, avoid that friendship because they will reject you. Some people don't even enter into a friendship they're, they're afraid they're going to be rejected, so they reject everyone else before they even get into the friendship. They just back they just never enter into it because the voice of that fear is speaking to them. Fear says, don't have that conversation because they'll hurt you. Fear says, don't write that sermon, Tim, because you might not do very well. That's fear speaking. Fear says, don't attempt that goal because you might fail. That's fear speaking. Fear says to students, it'll say, hey, don't raise your hand in class because you might ask a dumb question and then everyone's going to laugh at you. And so what happens out of that is you just never ask the question. You you are intimidated and, and you back away from it. Fear speaks to many pastors today. Fear will speak to pastors and fear will say things like, don't preach on the hard topics that are counter to our culture because people might leave your church. That's fear that speaks to pastors. Fear says things like, don't admit you're wrong because someone may judge you. So instead of confessing your sins and confessing your problems and actually dealing with it, people are afraid that they'll be judged by it. And so they hold it in. Sometimes the the best thing we can do is to find a friend and, and to talk about the problems that are in our life. But so many times we're afraid to talk about it because of the ramifications of how they might treat us afterwards. That's fear talking to you. Fear says that this is too big of a risk for you to take. Fear says you've already experienced too many setbacks and too many disappointments. And fear says that you need to be afraid that something else may go wrong if you try again. Have you ever said something like, well, this never works out for me. Well, that's because fear has been speaking to you saying this never will work out. Listen, I want to tell you that that it may not work out, but it might work out. But you won't know if you don't try, if you don't put your faith over your fear. Fear has a voice, and I love what Jesus said to it. Jesus told the, vo- the voice of fear, he-, he told it to shut its mouth. I like that. I like that Jesus looked at that and said, shut your mouth. He, he muzzled it. He-, he told that voice to be quiet. Church, we need to tell fear to shut its mouth. Or at least we need to stop listening to the voice of fear. You see, that day, the disciples had two voices that were speaking to them. There were two voices that spoke. First was the voice of Jesus, and he said to them, we're going to get through this. We're going to get to the other side. Jesus gave them the word that could have built their faith and prepared them for the storm. They received the word of the Lord, and that was the promise of God for them. And that was the voice of the Lord for faith in their life to get through the storms of life. And I want you to know that's the same word for you today. You're gonna get through this, that's God's promise. But there was a second voice that was speaking that day and that was the voice of fear from the storm. It was a shark with big teeth coming to gobble up your future, big sharks. You need to remember church that your faith has teeth too. Listen, that shark of fear it's actually W-E-A-K. It's not as strong as your faith with teeth. As a matter of fact, I was, I was listening to the, the funny little song about the baby sharks. You know the baby shark song? But, you know, so listen, here's the, here's the, the shark of fear. It's, it's a baby shark. It's just a baby shark. It's just a little bitty baby shark swimming around. But let me tell you, your, your faith, is a, it's a daddy shark. I mean, it's got big teeth and and you got daddy shark faith and your daddy shark can eat the little baby shark's fear up. Listen, you place fear, you place faith over your fear. The shark is W-E-A-K. So you have baby sharks, you have daddy sharks. You know what a a grandpa shark is? You know what a grandpa shark is? (laughs) He's a, a, a grandpa shark. He did not have teeth. All right. <laughs> I just thought I threw that in there for you. Hey, listen, shark of fear is W-E-A-K, compute, compared to your faith. Now, listen, faith doesn't mean we deny the storms. COVID is real, no doubt about it. Cancer is real. Failures are real. Financial struggles are real. Business losses are real. There are real storms in life. And so I'm not saying that we should live reckless and foolish in our life. As Christians, we, we don't need to pretend that we're not fearful. It's, it's not just like putting your fingers in your ears and, and your hands over your eyes and just pretending that it's not going on and just, and just faking it till you make it. It's like none of that. We, we don't pretend the fears aren't there. Actually, recently I had a friend who shared with me that he was embarrassed to kind of say that lately he was having feelings of fear during his treatments for a serious health issue, in which I responded to him. I said, well, listen, fear is normal and it's okay to recognize the fear. Real faith feels the fear and chooses to place their faith and trust in God anyway. That's how you put your faith over your fear. You don't ignore the fear, but in the face of fear, you cause your faith to rise up and you overcome the fears in your life. And so the last verse, Jesus, in verse 40, Jesus had calmed the storm and he looked at his disciples and, and he said to them, he said, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith. Jesus was comparing fear and faith. I believe what Jesus meant is this. I think he was saying to them, why are you believing the fear of the storm over your faith in me? And so I want to close with this thought today. And my encouragement to you is to place your faith in God over your fear of the storm. Place your faith in God over your fear of the storm. It's a conscious decision you make to say, God, I'm gonna trust you through it all. Listen, I don't know what your shark is. I don't know what sharks you're swimming with today. I don't know what's causing fear in your life, but right now I wanna give you an opportunity just to to see it and then to let faith arise. I wanna pray for you. Father, I thank you for every person that's tuned in here today. God, we're all swimming with sharks in some way. We all have fears, storms that are crashing in on us in some ways, but God, today we wanna recognize those fears and and we want to to not ignore them, but we wanna make a choice right now to place our faith over fear. Would you say this with me? Would you say it? Just say it out loud. Say, Say, dear God, I place my faith over fear today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, I love you. Have an absolutely great Sunday, and we'll see you next week. God bless.